All right, happy Thanksgiving, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Rams All Access. L.A. looking to break a four-game losing streak, the longest of the Sean McVay era. Win for the first time in the month of November in a couple of years, and they're going to have to do it against the leaders in the AFC clubhouse so far, 8-2 and two, Kansas City. I hope that doesn't spoil your Thanksgiving appetite, DeMarco. Nothing can spoil yeah, my Thanksgiving appetite. Yeah, <laughs> as stuffing or dressing? Are you a stuffing or dressing guy? I'm a yes to all things You're a yes? See, I knew I loved you. How do you differentiate between the two? It looks different. <laughs> See, dressing, dressing to me is what's stuffed inside the bird. Exactly. Right? Yes. Which is my favorite thing. It might be my favorite thing. But I will also take some oven-baked stuffing in most of it. If it's there, yeah. Dressing is your favorite. See, my, my daughter, the oldest one, is going to learn from my mother the super secret dressing recipe that no male far has. It has to be passed on through, like, the wives and the So and you the can't aunts. even tell me what's in there they won't even tell me what's in it they won't even let us in the kitchen ours is super simple is yeah. yours complex it's a super simple recipe but it's what they do to it they won't tell you now this has been passed down for years so she gets to know it i don't and it happens this thursday or today yeah more or less complex than beating the kansas city chiefs this week a little bit um well wow let's see no i I think beating the chiefs would be hard but like i said what a wonderful opportunity everyone's counting you out can you imagine what would happen if you go into kansas city and win there and it's possible every team has a pathway to victory it's tough there's some things you you must do and some things you can't do but it's not like kansas city is unbeatable and their roster is not complete either. Mm. Uh, they won shorthanded against the Chargers last Sunday, but there's more on the horizon for them that they're going to have to overcome, especially on the offensive side of the football, too early in the week for any final results in terms of who will be up and who will be down. Uh, but you might catch a break in terms of their personnel. Unfortunately, they've proven time and time again that they can beat you no matter who Patrick Mahomes is distributing the football to. It's ridiculous watching him, uh, Mahomes, on videotape. Uh, just what he can do with the football in a clean pocket, what he does when, when it's all crashing down around him, his pocket awareness, how he can scramble for yards, scramble for time, scramble for windows, and get the ball out. Uh, and, and Kelsey is just ridiculous. He's almost uncoverable. You know what I mean? Zone, man, what have you, he'll find a way to get open. So like I said, uh, but look, they're all vulnerable to one thing, uh, getting hit and pressure up the gut. So you have guys that can cover up in the back end with Jalen Ramsey. You have instant pressure with Aaron Donald. You have some strengths to at least give them some problems. You ever read something and shake your head as you're reading it? A lot. That was my reaction to Kelsey's comments after walking off, essentially, at SoFi Stadium against the Chargers. He said that Derwin James did as good a job on him as just about any defensive back or defensive scheme he's seen this year, and yet he goes for over 100 and a hat trick, including the game-winning touchdown. The Rams have played opposing tight ends well, yeah, but this guy is the greatest going. Derwin James was was well. Kelsey was wearing him like a cheap suit. He just did better finishing the play than Derwin James. But I would like I would, I would totally sick Jalen Ramsey on to Kelsey in in those tight situations and live with the difference. I really would. Hmm. Uh, I I would think my guy could at least stay close enough to make a play on the football, and I believe that my guy rushing the passer is going to affect. Mahomes a little bit so I can disrupt that timing. He's DeMarco Farr. I'm JB Long, a Thanksgiving edition of Rams All Access. Glad you're with us today on 710 ESPN. The Rams are off to Kansas City looking to snap their losing streak. 10 down, 7 to go. Uh, we'll get updates from Sean McVay over the course of this hour. We'll also check in with Rust Yeast, a rookie safety 
who had his biggest opportunity yet in the loss to New Orleans. Uh, reflections on that trip to the Big Easy, DeMarco. What was a halftime lead that evaporated against Andy Dalton and the Saints? It's funny, you know, like it's post game, and you, it's, it, you lost, so you know, it's 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 a kind of a sour mood. But the the th- the thing that keeps like brightening up my mood is Kyron Williams. I know it's a small thing, but just his joy after the game. Like, he understands the assignment. He's trying to get better as a youngster. He's trying to win football games. So, I mean, when I talk to him post game, I'm like, that's it. That's the enthusiasm enthusiasm you have to have to get out of this, mm-hmm. to get out of where you are. You have to really enjoy what you're doing and just accept what's happening and, and know why it's happening. You know what I mean? Don't get down in yourself. The last thing you want to do is say the season's over. It's never over. You still have a shot to turn this thing around. If you have two games, go out and win two in a row. You got seven left, go out and win seven in a row. That's the right attitude to have. That's that's the thing I just left New Orleans thinking about. That's the right attitude there. What was the last season you were a part of that felt like this? Yeah, as a player or broadcaster? Broadcaster, I think I have a few more answers. But um, as a player, I'm more curious how you put the helmet on and lock in for a game (laughs) if your goals have been taken off the table. Like okay. you, you can tell me to have hope and that there's still a seven-game winning streak and a path to the playoff. I say back to you, I haven't seen a game yet from these 2022 Los Angeles Rams that's playoff-worthy, so I'm done talking about that. I'm not done with the season, right. but I'm, I'm done with that paradigm, if that makes and sense. And that's fair. I mean, but you, you still want to keep building towards victory. Uh, I, you know, the, the, what I kept hearing from you know, the media after the game was lost season, lost season, lost season. And they were doing it for reaction, trying to get the right soundbite out of the players. I get where they were going. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, players don't think that way. There's no, there's no such thing as a lost season. You're thinking about the next game. You're well, thinking about not swinging together. Like Kyron Williams of the world who's yeah. getting that first taste in the National Football League. Russ Yeast is another one on defense. Who knows? Maybe this is Bryce Perkins' first and who knows only opportunity. We can get to that in just a second. Um, but at the other end of the spectrum, you got future Hall of Famers like Aaron Donald still playing 90% of snaps. You got Bobby Wagner losing a prime year to what could be a losing season. Those are elements that are difficult to reconcile, I imagine. True. Um, okay, I'll say it this way. It's a little bit easier. It sucks for those guys. Uh, they're used to winning and they want to win. But it's a little bit easier because you are a reigning champ. If your window was closing and you didn't have a ring, it would be a little bit different. It might be a little bit louder. Um, but these guys want to play. Look, um, when you have guys like Wagner, I don't want to say Jalen Ramsey, but Aaron Donald, who knows, uh, when there's more behind than in front, these are your last opportunities to play ball. So you're enjoying it. Every snap, you're enjoying it. You want to play as much as you can while you can. Um, but they're pros. They get why it's happening. It's no mystery why you're not winning. I mean – go to the offensive line and how many combinations you've used. It's not that hard to figure out. So that makes it easier, but it's never easy to stomach losing, but I can never see these guys just shutting it down no matter what the record is. I don't think individually they would ever shut it down or want to, but is there an onus on leadership to maybe guard them against themselves and prioritize other things? Are we in the player evaluation portion of the 22 season, I guess is my question. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you are in the player eval. What year was that? Was that last year or the year before when we were up in New York and Sean McVay had to call timeout to get Jalen Ramsey out of the game? Yeah, I remember that. Okay, same. I mean, if you're playing for the future and you want to get a look at some young guys, you're going to have to have those conversations with those veterans 
early in the week and let them know it cannot be a surprise and they have to be on board with it and you have to be on board with some rebellion if they want to keep playing that's admirable that's their job that's what you're paying them to do i mean i think there's a school of thought where the chiefs are the best opponent left on our schedule we're going to their place let's treat it like the super bowl see if we can go win it right like that's my mentality that's 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 where i'm at the last four afc championship games let's walk in there like all the stakes are on the table the, my most fun place in the world it, it may not be disneyland it's it's arrowhead when it's quiet and it's rarely like that you know what i mean <laughs> it's rarely like that uh when i was a rookie we shut them out we shut out joe montana the only time he's been shut out ever the only time some of those veterans said this is the quietest i've ever seen this stadium ever in life and it was the coolest thing ever now every game since then it's been a riot going the opposite way so if you want to turn the NFL upside down for a while, go up there and win there with this football team the way it's constructed. That will just mess everything up. Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be chaos? If nothing else, you caught a break with the weather. It looks yeah. like no <laughs> ice, no snow, maybe some sunshine Perfect. on Sunday afternoon in Kansas City. DeMarco Farr, JB Long with you on this edition of Rams All Access. Still to come, we'll check in with the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay. What is he dealing with at quarterback this week? And what might it look like if he does have to go all in? with Bryce Perkins, who was third on his depth chart, wound up finishing the game in New Orleans. But DeMarco, his skill set is unlike any other quarterback on this roster. And unlike many in Sean McVay's history, there's a part of me, whether it's this week or later on in the schedule, that would like to see the Rams pour into Bryce Perkins and develop a game plan around him. Why not? Um, now, the only thing is, is Wolford coming back for this one? How, the health we talked to? Still managing a neck injury. Okay, so who is your backup to Bryce Perkins? Because when you do have a quarterback that does what he can do, he puts himself in harm's way, and you know how things go. So, I see what you're saying. Yeah. If, if Stafford is not available, and if Bryce Perkins is your starter and John Wolford's less than 100%, you might need to seek outside help to make sure that you have another quarterback dress for this game i was uh you you heard me on game day i was when bryce perkins went in and stafford went out i said who's the emergency guy just in case and i think right as i was saying it bryce perkins took off and got hit by three guys i mean that's something you have to factor in i mean anything can happen in the national football league didn't uh uh justin fields get knocked out of a game same way so when those quarterbacks leave the pocket sometimes bad things happen so you have to have a game plan. So preliminary read on it was he caught the Saints maybe a bit unaware with his ability, and then they tightened up the screws and adjusted to it very quickly. But is it different in the context of a fully-fledged game plan in terms of the elements that you can leverage to his advantage and to yours on offense? Oh, absolutely. I look, the, the one thing that we I think we know about Bryce Perkins that maybe the rest of the world doesn't know is the guy can actually wing the football down the field. So if you want to keep those safeties, and I've seen this before, the defense will break the huddle and the safeties never leave the line of scrimmage. We're saying you can't run it. You're going to have to throw to beat you, to beat us. Mm-hmm. Well, Bryce can throw the football. He can wing it deep. He can he can throw off any platform. So uh, if you tailor a game plan and you say the game is his from, say, Monday on and turn him loose on game day and just let him play, he can stretch and torture a defense with his athleticism, and he can get the ball over your head if need be. Let me ask it another way. This is nothing against John Wolford because I think he is Matthew Stafford's backup for a reason. But in terms of this week's preparation, what would stress the Chiefs more? Knowing that John Wolford is going to step in and maybe operate as close to the Rams offense as we've seen as possible? Yeah. Or the mystery of what the Rams might cook up if they know Bryce is their QB1 for this Sunday. I wish we had uh, Raheem Morris on speed dial because – how did he feel trying to get ready for Taysom Hill 
it's the same thing. It's stuff that you got to go over. You got to talk about it as well as stuff for Andy Dalton. So when you're facing a quarterback that has that zone. Re- Week 12 in the National Football League takes the Rams to Arrowhead to challenge the 8-2 Kansas City Chiefs leading the AFC. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long wishing you a happy Thanksgiving here on 710 ESPN. We're going to play a little bit of our conversation with Sean McVay from Monday's Coaches Show. DeMarco, what was it like to sit in the room with the reigning Super Bowl champion head coach as he goes through maybe the toughest season of his professional career? Interesting. Um I, I love the fact that the, he's he's trying to figure out how to live through this. Like this is not normal for him. So um, I don't want to say lost season, but I, I really do think that they're going to rebuild faster than you think. Like this is not going to sit. This is not setting well with him, and it's obvious. So they will do whatever it takes to get on the right track sooner than later. I think you'll feel some of that in this conversation. I hope it doesn't uh, ruin your holiday cheer. But nonetheless, here is the head coach of your Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay. You know, I thought, you know, to go into the locker room at 14-10, I thought there was a lot of positives. You know, defense had some good stops. Um, You look at the two-minute drive at the end of the half that Matthew orchestrated, being able to get a bunch of different guys involved, you know, um, you know, finished off with Allen Robinson's touchdown. I thought even the the bomb, the 2-2 at well was was excellent to be able to get him going. What a great throw and catch that was. Good protection up front. So there was some positives and, um, you know, and then in the second half, we just weren't able to sustain that momentum. And then obviously you lose Ty and Secchi, you lose Matthew. And, um, you know, I thought Bryce Perkins came in and uh, did a great job being able to make some plays. And uh, it just was uh, not quite enough for us to be able to finish the job. But it was uh, it was a challenging one, but there were some positives to take away. I, I, I think that's a good way to look at it. Tutu was booking. He was rolling. I mean, that's a kid on a sugar high, man. I mean, look, where was that <laughs> explosion? Yeah. Well, I th- you know, he's got that in his body. I thought he did a great job, you know, and, and it was a great thrown catch, very similar to how it looked during the week in practice. And we always talk about practice preparation equaling game reality and practice performance equaling game reality. And that was an example of Matthew and, and Tutu uh, having that practice rep end up coming to life in a very similar fashion, you know, during the game. What can he do to earn a more consistent, complete role in the offense? Is it on the practice field? Yeah, it's that. And then I think, you know, I think we got to be able to give him those opportunities. I think he's done a a good job. And I think it's making sure that, you know, our planning is in alignment with giving him more opportunities to truly play receiver um, as opposed to it being exclusively with those types of plays. And so he's made, you know, some plays where he's had his opportunities. You look back to Dallas a couple weeks ago. uh, You look to yesterday. And um, I think he can draw a lot of confidence from that and then continue to see him grow and, uh, and get opportunities as a complete receiver as a defender you better get your hands on that dude just can't let him run like that um Allen Robinson has there been any change in his game it seems like he's standing out more making more plays now that Cooper's been out or is this just a natural progression he's getting opportunities he's playing well you know I think he's working edges on guys he's making catches um you know I thought the touchdown catch I thought he had a couple crossing routes and so um I've been pleased with Allen I thought he played well without the ball yesterday Mm -hmm. as well and so that was uh he's he's played pretty consistently well um but he's gotten more opportunities and those are things that you know we've got to do a good job of making sure that that um you know is represented during the game top rushing performance of the season for the Rams with three backs over four yards per carry. Did it feel that way in the context of the game? And what do you think led to it? I think the opportunities, you know, when you're able to be somewhat efficient, we were able to get, you know, some series where you're getting, you know, consecutive runs off and then a couple more. And obviously Bryce's dynamic added to that. But for Cam to have, you know, 60 plus yards, I thought Kyron Williams did a really nice mm-hmm. job with the opportunities he had. Even Daryl started off where, you know, first two carries of the game gets you to a third and one. Now, obviously, we'd like to be able to handle that, that specific 
specific play a little bit better than what we did, but I thought it was a positive. I thought the guys did a good job up front of being able to, you know, create some removal on some of their combinations. You know, I thought Higby did a nice job, you know, when he was, whether it was cutting off some defensive ends or blocking them at the point of attack. And so, um, you know, the run game does take all 11, but but that was a definitely a step in the right direction. It was good stuff seeing some knockoff on the O-line, seeing Cam Akers run through a few guys, pick yep. up some yards there. Uh, I know this, does it help you when we talk about the positives like you guys are getting better or is it still like I can tell getting W's is all that we care about sure and I'm sure just as a question I think you want to get a W for the guys in the locker room more for yourself is that fair well yeah of course I mean you want you want those guys to have all the things that they work for throughout the course of the week to come to life there's nothing like being in a locker room after you know a win in terms of just the joy that that elicits uh, based on the amount of time and and work that goes into that three-hour window that that you're allotted but um, I do think you have to be mindful of all right well where are these you know processes that we talk about of daily improvement and seeing that thing come to life where even though you don't get the result and and don't misunderstand me you know we always want to win and, mm. and they, these losses I, I I hope they don't eat at anybody more than they do me because man they sure eat at me um, but you do want to be able to be mindful of all right well where are those tangible things that you can take you know positive things away from to see that growth that ultimately I do believe gives you the best opportunity to get the result that you're hunting up and um, in some instances that was reflected yesterday but it wasn't quite enough uh, to be able to finish it off and, and get the end result that we were hunting up. Can the hatred of a losing streak be as much of a motivating force as all the goals that you set out for this team way back in the summer, though? I, you know, I, I I would say, you know, I, you try to say that, you know, the losing is is brutal. You know, you, you always want to try to be able to shift your focus and concentration to what's next. It is not a fun feeling. I, I do know that. And uh, there's not, you know, a group of guys that I think are working harder to try to be able to get it figured out so that we can get out of this rut that we're in. But just keep swinging and keep going to work. Yeah. Do you feel like you have anyone to fall back on that you can reach out to or that can help pull you through? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you lean on your coaches, lean on the players, you know, just watching the way that these guys continue to go to work and demonstrate that resilience is is motivation for me. You talk to my dad, um, you know, you talk to guys, you know, that you lean on, whether it's a Dick Vermeil or John Gordon or other coaches, you know, so um, there's a lot of people that you lean on for perspective and for advice, um, you know, and especially people that have been in these types of situations and scenarios. But, you know, the people that are in it with you are always the most helpful so that you don't feel like you're truly isolated on an island even though you feel as a a leader to be responsible and you just you know you just want to continue to try to figure out where can you try to help and and do everything in your power in that regard and and sometimes just having the discernment to be able to know where those things are and and to shift your energy in that direction um, is the most important thing as you navigate through you know this storm that we're in some you just got to pull through it i mean i think everyone knows that losing sucks no one needs to tell you that right get back the other other way um Pre-game, I mean, everybody's talking about the O-line, the 10th combination, right? So you're worried about Matthew Stafford's safety. We are. And then he comes running out, and I, sh- I said, oh, my God, I forgot to ask him. This dude wants to play. Yes. He wants to win bad. He does. How do you keep him off the field if he wants to play? Well, I think the, the first thing is, is you, you know, the medical advice and the experts, and then, and then you got to be able to take all the factors that go into it once, if he does get that clearance, you know, what are the things that are important relative to all the different circumstances that, you know, a decision like that would involve and entail. Mm-hmm. And so, um, 
you know, that's something that we would be very mindful of and I'd be very mindful of to protect a human being, you know, more important yeah. than the football player. And, you know, he is the ultimate competitor and he's going to want to be out there every chance that he gets. I kept hearing lost season, lost season. I, it's not lost on him. This mm-hmm. dude is trying to win every snap, every play. Sure is. Yeah. He played great yesterday. Played really well. You know, I, saw, I thought he saw the field. I thought he put the ball exactly where he wanted to, even had a couple opportunities for guys to be able to maybe come down with some catches where, you know, he couldn't have put it in a better spot. But uh, was really pleased with Matthew. He was decisive. He was in command. He had great control. I thought he was able to move in the pocket really well, created a little bit with his legs, and I thought uh, you know he could feel really good about what he did. I was thinking back to the summer and how much uh, ink and oxygen was spent on his elbow, right, and how closely everyone was monitoring that with good reason. I yes. get it. Mm. But the narrative of this season didn't have anything to do with his arm, did it? No, it, it hasn't really been anything like that. He's uh, he's felt good. He's done a great job of getting himself to feeling good as he's worked through, you know, his his rhythm to get his elbow mm-hmm. to, to feel like it has. And I think you saw it with the way that he was throwing the football yesterday, and really each of the last couple weeks. Uh, look, uh, he's your best quarterback. He's one of the best in the league. But there's a wonderful opportunity, or if th- there might be, for Bryce Perkins to yep. step in and become a leader, become that guy. What a wonderful opportunity for a guy like Bryce Perkins right now. It, yeah, and and it, and it could be. And and he's a guy that he's just got a nice, great, natural way about himself. Exudes a confidence. Um, you know, you could see the game is certainly not too big for him. And it's one of those guys that he just elevates people that are that uh, that he's around. And you know, we'll see uh, what that looks like moving forward. Whether it's this week or down the line, would you relish the chance to build a game plan around someone with his skill set? Like it's it's different than having a package in sure. for a game like yesterday, right? Where where you have the whole thing built around. Him. Yeah, I think uh, I think those are exciting opportunities, you know, for our coaches to you know really expand your knowledge, study some different things, and and if that's what it gets to, then you know you got to look at it as a positive, and and it is about the players always, and and how to accentuate their skill sets, and certainly Bryce brings some different things to the table that that you would maybe um, be able to activate with him that you wouldn't otherwise. What's the closest thing in your background? Is it RG three or someone else? Yeah, that for you've me, with? yeah, I think so you know that was a great experience you know getting with Robert and and looking at the way that you know we kind of pivoted what our offense had been in Washington in the years prior and you still do some similar things foundationally but um, you know adding an extra element to the run game certainly helps with your numbers and then figuring out all right what are the things that these guys do best and and how can you make sure that uh, you have enough versatility but uh, things that are in alignment with what he's most comfortable with Uh, you know something that popped into my head JB watching Mahomes play this guy might be the next Brady. He may hang in there until he's 45. Seriously. Like, the stuff he can do with the football, I don't see him, like, running out of magic <laughs> soon. Do you? You know, the comparison to Brady is interesting because it felt like for so many years you could plug and play just about anyone in an eligible uniform, and Brady would make it work so long as he had Gronk, right? And, and there's a component of that to the Chiefs right now where – they're without Juju Smith-Schuster. They're without McCole Hardman. They're without Kadarius Tony for much of that game. If he has Kelsey, he can figure it out. And it's more than just making it look like they're not missing Tyreek Hill whatsoever. Which, who would have thought that Andy Reid, for all his genius, could make that trade and come out maybe even stronger on offense? Uh, well, uh, maybe I should have said with Aaron Rodgers. How many Green Bay Packers did he make? <laughs> like all pro guys, Pro Bowl receivers and tight ends and running backs and, and all the supplemental guys. I mean, Mahomes is the same way. Um, if I could come out of retirement to play one more time, it would be against him because I want to see what that looks like. 
Back here on Rams All Access, a Thanksgiving edition. DeMarco Farr will rejoin us momentarily. I'm JB Long. Looking forward to getting to Arrowhead and taking on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs this week. And looking at him across the line of scrimmage will be a rookie out of Kansas State. Russ Yeast broke into the L.A. secondary last week against the Saints. He was the 253rd overall pick in the NFL draft. He reminds me a lot of Nick Scott, who came out of Penn State as a specialist who had a role in the kicking game. And by the end of his rookie contract was an established starter and one of the biggest hitters on the Rams roster. Russ, he's told us that Nick Scott is actually one of the veterans that he now looks up to. Here's a bit of our conversation from this week's Rams Revealed. I do feel like I have to apologize for uh, having you in under these circumstances. We always want our rookies to be here on winning notes. Uh, But nonetheless, I think this opportunity is going to serve you and the Rams really well. What have you learned about yourself and about this team so far? Uh, you know, you just I've learned you just got to keep fighting. And obviously, uh, if things don't go as, as planned, obviously, as a, as a rookie coming to a team that just won a Super Bowl, uh, I didn't see it going this way. But at the end of the day, it is what it is, and that's how, how it's going to be. So you just learn how to deal with adversity early yeah. in my career. Have you been a part of hard seasons before, losing seasons before? Definitely. Uh, my sophomore year in college at Louisville, we had a we had a really bad season, so it was a losing season. That's the only one that I had in college, but um, you still learn from that. I still draw from that season now as I'm going through this season right now, so it's definitely something you can always learn from. Well, you were a, a day three pick. You got a quick taste against Dallas, if the snap counts are correct, mm-hmm. and then a couple of weeks ago against the Cardinals when Taylor Rapp had that stinger, you dove into action, but this felt like the first week where you were part of the defensive game plan. What was that like going to New Orleans, knowing you were going to have a chance on defense? Uh, yeah, it, it definitely felt a lot different uh, this week because, like you said, I've got a chance to get in the game a little bit on defense. I play special teams, obviously, but not necessarily a part of the game plan. Like I was in there because of and somebody went down an opportunity like that. But uh, knowing going into this game that I had a job and a role of someone they was counting on me to do uh, was definitely felt pretty good. And just hopefully I can go out there and continue to increase my role. Yeah. What do you think is your best attribute as a defensive back? Uh, I think that I'm just extremely smart back there and just I have a lot of range. And I think I can play the game above my head, I mean, above my neck. Yeah. Uh, you had good ball skills in college. Yes, I know sir. that was part of your reputation. Good offensive high school player as yes, well. Sir. Is that where that translates from? Uh, yes, definitely. That's that's the easy part. So, <laughs> you know, I think feel like I can always fall back on my offensive, you know, background because that's just kind of natural. But yeah. I think uh, the thing that takes you kind of the next level, especially as a safety, which is kind of like a quarterback of a defense, is you got to be pretty smart. To yeah. So if you feel like you have that. What areas can you grow in to continue to emerge as a defensive player and maybe even a starter in the back end for this franchise someday? Yeah, definitely. Just the main thing I just want to build right now is just experience, just learning the speed of the game. In NFL, you know, it's a little bit different. Just And that's stuff that you can't emulate. You know, just be out there, get a chance to learn and, and see things as they actually happen at game speed. And I think that'll make me a lot better as a, as a player and just, you know, giving me the confidence to really feel like I can be a starter out there and, and be a, a big-time player in this league. Sure. Even though you're still fresh to this defense, you've been on the field a lot in the kicking game. You've yeah. become a core special teamer. Yes, sir. How much did that help you acclimate to the NFL speed and dynamic that you're talking about? Uh, it's, it's made a, a huge difference uh, being on special teams. Uh, it definitely, uh, being on special teams allow you to play better on defense and give you opportunity when your name is called on defense and not your first time being on the NFL field. Uh, so it definitely got me ready for the speed of the game and I'm really excited for it. 
And Russ, what are some of those roles that you fulfill on special teams? And do you have a favorite? <laughs> Man, I got a lot of roles on special teams. You know, I done return the kick. I be blocking, rushing, rushing punts, blocking people. Um, I don't know. I feel like my favorite thing is just, I don't know, anything that they ask me to do every week. I just kind of take pride in being one of the guys that uh, Coach Jody can ask to do pretty much anything that given week and, you know, feel pretty confident about me doing that job. So. I thought you might have been the one to field that punt and throw it over to Jalen Ramsey. Do you have an arm for that? Oh, yeah. I played quarterback in high school, okay. so I can throw it. I was impressed, though. Brandon Powell, too. <laughs> yeah, he can throw it. Um, let's get to our NFL all-day moment. Uh, the loss against the Saints was the fourth in a row for the Rams, but it was not without some silver linings. Uh, you finished your career at Kansas State. We'll talk about that in a bit. But you graduated from and played most of your college football career at Louisville, where you were teammates with? 2-2. Two -two. 2-2 Atwell. So what was it like to witness his first NFL touchdown in New Orleans? Uh, it was great. You know, it was a great experience. Uh, you know, 2-2 uh, obviously hasn't had the start of his career that he would like. So, you know, uh, we talk all the time on a daily basis about stuff like that. And so, you know, it was really good for me to, to see him go out there and make that play, you know, get his confidence. You know, hopefully he can get a chance to have his role increase as well. So it was really fun. Everybody on the sideline was really excited. And where were you on the sideline? You standing up? You sitting down? You watching the video board? I was sitting down on the defensive defensive bench, but once he caught it, we all stood up. We was going crazy on the sidelines. So. Give it to us from like a defensive vantage point. What does it feel like when you're in the back end and trying to contend with top end speed like that? Uh, it makes it tough. It, it it definitely makes it tough. I mean, it takes out the room for error. You make one mistake and somebody is is super duper fast. Like they're going to get behind you like that. So you have to be on P's and Q's at all times. When So it makes you, it just puts a little more stress on the defense. Yeah, are there certain skill position players, whether it's on your team uh, or another team where when they're on the field, you're on like high alert, like you know that they can stress the back end? Definitely. Every single week, uh, we know the guys that uh, know the personnel of the other team that we're playing, and we know the guys that when they come in the game that we need to be on high alert for deep passes or shots or anything like that. Like So it's definitely a real thing. Who else have you bonded with on this Rams roster? Uh, definitely, I've bonded with a lot of guys. You know, the team is, they're pretty close. Uh, I've had a really pretty easy time with uh, getting connection with the guys, but really the guys in the secondary room. Uh, Nick Scott has been a really, really key guy uh, in kind of, you know, helping me become a NFL safety and just teaching me the role every day. So I think he's a guy that I've created a pretty good bond with. Those friendships help carry you through tough months like these? Uh, definitely. You know, uh, you know, somebody like Nick, he's been here. He's a seventh-round pick just like I was. Uh, so he didn't seen the highs and lows of his career. And I, then I'm just starting. So, you know, uh, when things start to go bad, I can ask him a couple questions. What happened when your fr your not freshman, your rookie year, whenever you was a seventh-rounder and you was going through this and this, and I can ask him things like that. So it makes transition much easier. Is it reminiscent of a freshman experience, like pretty when you're stepping on the college campus? Pretty much. It's, it's just like the same thing, really. That's the way I look at it. I yeah. look like I'm back in college, and this is my rookie year, freshman year, same same as just go out there and try to prove myself, get the respect from my peers. Yeah, it was quite a growth curve for Nick, drafted as a special teams ace to mm -hmm. now being a starter on the back end of this defense and one of the heaviest hitters in the National Football League. What about from your lens? Like, why do you think you fell all the way to day three in the back end of the draft, given your college resume? Any explanation? I mean, I don't really know, honestly. I think just maybe kind of a little injury history or things yeah. like that, you know, just I had some off the field things like as far as transferring, like 
transferring from Louisville to Kansas State that people had to figure out about. But other than that, I don't really know why. But at the end of the day, I'm here now, and all I wanted was opportunities. Once again, that was Rams rookie safety, Rust Yeast. And DeMarco, uh, he is the son of former Kentucky great Craig Yeast, had a whole bunch of SEC records, had a nice career with the Cincinnati Bengals and the Jets, also played professional football in the CFL and the Arena League. Uh, his mother, Tori Yeast, Craig's wife, was also a SEC basketball player at Kentucky, uh, but he says it's actually his sister, Kaya, who runs track at Louisville, who's the best athlete in the family. No wonder. Met his father. I did not know his, his football background, but I said he did great. I said, Yeast, is, he's doing great, and I think the coaches like him. And he gave me a look like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, what did you think? But yeah, he's another guy. Uh, I'm so glad that Nick Scott took him under his wing. I would say study like Nick Scott. Don't try to play like Nick Scott. Nick Scott is a missile. You know what I mean? I do. That's a special type guy, but study like Nick Scott. I mean, that guy works so hard on defense and special teams. He's He works like a quarterback. That's what you want in safeties. Important game for that back end of the defense, too, against this Kansas City offense. They will stress you with a screen game that is as good as any in the National Football League. We've already talked about their speed on the perimeter, regardless of who's up or who's down. And then down the seams, Travis Kelsey is always a challenge. All right, with DeMarco Farr, I'm JB Long. Final segment coming up. What are we thankful for, even during tough times for the 2022 Los Angeles Rams? And final thoughts on their trip to Kansas City. Glad you're with us tonight on this holiday edition of Rams All Access 710 ESPN. Thanksgiving night here on 710 ESPN with DeMarco Farr, JB Long. Glad you're with us for this holiday edition of Rams All Access. LA looking to break out of the longest losing streak of the Sean McVay era. How spoiled are we? Big time. <laughs> Not until now have you been this deep below 500, a four-game losing stretch, the longest of his now six-year tenure. See, that's, that's something to be thankful for. See, I, that's what I think is cool. I mean, you got to go through dark times so that you appreciate the bright lights, the big moments. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone should experience something like this at least once in their career, don't you? A dark period. A bad album, a bad movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there are shades of the 2019 struggles, especially on the offensive line, that, like it or not, gave some individuals experience that would serve the Rams well in subsequent years. It's tough to point to right now with certainty what those kind of redemption stories are going to be. Right now, I just think it's stomach churning, even on this uh, appetizing day, to watch individuals that you want the best for and that you know have worked really hard to earn this chance have it taken away from them on a fluke play like a no Rick jackson yeah like a ty and most recently it, it's 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 almost unfair right football is cruel but let me say this um i know he's everybody's favorite punchline, and you know a lot of rams fans have been on his neck lately i know where you're Bo- going with bobby this. evans right so and- this is the lesson of being three and seven going through what you're going through teaching versatility his strength is his versatility he's played right tackle left tackle i think he started at both guard spots for the five spots that's what i mean your versatility is keeping you in the league keeping you employed so that's something you can take away from all these injuries hey cross training is something that it's not just a word it's for real so like i said i know people don't want to hear his name but i think that is impressive that you can fill in there there and there Here's a little moment of humanity um, about Bobby, who is, you've met him, spoken to him, Mm -hmm. as nice a guy as there is on the team. And it's heartbreaking that he's had this much 
asked of him and has been in some instances helpless to deliver the way that I know he wants to. But getting off the bus in New Orleans and walking to the plane, one image was really caught my eye. And that was Ty Insecki, who, as you know, had that ankle injury against the Saints, right? And so, you know, they're being super precautious with him. He's kind of crutching himself to the big stairway up to the plane. Mm-hmm. And and who's right there to offer him a helping hand to, to carry one of those crutches so that he could put a hand on the rail and walk up those steps? Bobby Evans. See? And I was thinking, they've known each other for what, a matter of weeks? Like, Inseki was just signed off another team's practice squad midseason. They've, they've been together less than a month. And Bobby's head is probably spinning because he was pressed into duty yet again in a situation that, you know, maybe he was, maybe he wasn't ready for, and it didn't go well. Uh, it helped end the game in a Saints victory. And he still has the presence of mind and the heart. To step up and help a teammate. I thought that was No cool. doubt. So stuff that people don't see. But, yeah, I mean, I hear Sean McVay break it down, and win or lose, he breaks it down with family. One, two, three, family. So that's not just idle talk. That's how he feels. I heard that about Bobby Wagner, how quickly he became a teammate. He just got here, and within three days, they said it felt like he'd been here 10 years. So... Uh, it's a good culture. It's just not going well. Uh, you're not getting the results you want on game day, but that family stuff, I think that speaks to what you're talking about. That is real. Hmm. I asked Sean this question. I'll pose it to you here as we finish up here. Can the hatred of losing be as much of a motivational force as the gravitational pull of hope and goals? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's not as fun to use as fuel. But does there come a time where enough is enough? And I'm not saying it's going to be this week against one of the best teams in the National Football League. But I do believe that there's going to be moments of celebration and victorious ones before the schedule is out. I, can, for one, cannot wait to hear what that locker room will sound like once they get the W. I've heard appreciate it in a different way, right? Big time. And it, it's not like they didn't appreciate it on the run-up to the Super Bowl. Um, they appreciated, appreciated every single victory. You can hear that. But just the way it's been. And this is why I asked Coach McVay, like, I'm sure he wants to win, but I'm sure he wants to have those guys in that room feel that winning week because they've earned it. So, yeah, I mean, this would be a great week to do it. Shock the world, beat Kansas City. But just to hear that, that, that joy in the locker room uh, – that could be a turning point for you, regardless of how you finish. That could be a turning point for this season for these guys. Want to finish with some thank yous? Absolutely. Anything on your mind, on your heart this Thanksgiving evening? Selfishly? Sorry to take yeah. you away from your family uh, and make you sit here and talk no. football with me. love talking ball. We, we're, we're both on this Thursday night out of the studio with our respective loved ones. Yes. We've, we've laid this down to tapes for your enjoyment. We're having the same conversation with my family. Believe me, they <laughs> ask me all these questions. Selfishly, what am I thankful for? This is going to sound really bad, but just forgive me for a hot minute. That big, fat, thick Super Bowl ring. It's not going well. It's November. They're starting to talk about playoff hopes and other people, and the Rams aren't in it. But it is nice to look at that ring in the trophy case. You know what I mean? It's it's a big deal right now. So I'm thankful for that thing. You're not letting losses tarnish its shine. Heck in your no. Trophy case. <laughs> no. See, see, this is the cool thing. You're not having a great year, but it's almost a guarantee. Like you're not going to fire the head coach. So it's bad, but it ain't horrible. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do think there's that trust in leadership. And I think that's one of the things that I'm thankful for is that the group that's here is still saying the right things and acting the right way. And I think setting the thermostat at the right temperature to play the long game. And no one's happy about the way things are. And no one's taking hours or even minutes off in an effort to correct them. 
Um, but you know what this brain trust is capable of, and you know how actively they pursue solutions immediately. Yeah. That, that rebuilding is not a part of their vocabulary, right? Reloading is. Right. Yeah. So I, I know they're going to they're gonna fix things. I just don't know how yet, and I can't wait until we start finding out how. But first, this season ain't over. They're trying to get the win in Kansas City. Uh, how about one more thank you to our producer, Adam Bronstein, for putting this uh, Thanksgiving plate together for us. We don't Always have enough challenge. thank yous for Adam <laughs> sure and the whole we. RBN crew. We really don't. You know, just they work so hard. And we get to have all the fun. So, yeah, big thank you to those guys. Looking forward to to seeing uh, what sides make the plate and uh, what he serves (laughs) for dessert on this edition of Rams All Access. Thanks to all of you as well uh, for joining us for this conversation and every conversation throughout the 2022 campaign. For Marco Farr and for Adam, I'm JB Long. This is Rams All Access on 710 ESPN.